Welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If uh, if you haven't heard any new episodes, that's because we haven't put out any new episodes in a little while. We've been taking a little break. All of us have been busy with other things, kind of getting our creative juices re uh, restocked, so to speak. But but we're back. We're back, and we're excited. Especially this episode uh, we recorded a little bit ago, but. Uh, not not too long, and it's with Dr. Jen Escare, um, or better known as to some as Doc Jen Fit on Instagram. We had a, a really fun conversation with Jen, uh, kind of really bringing in a lot of your questions that you've had for us about growing a social media audience, about really integrating physical therapy in in this age in, in a digital age and connecting with an audience that's really hungry for content that that's hungry for content with a certain level of expertise that very few can bring and obviously physios can on a level that most cannot especially in the musculoskeletal sports kind of arenas so we're, we're, it was a really fun combo and, and Jen's very open and brought up brought her unique perspective but also really shared a lot of actionable useful advice that uh, I think a lot of you will will really take to heart. So let's get into it with Dr. Jen Escare right after a word from our sponsor, WebPT. All right, check this out. Patient comes in to see you, do the treatment, they feel great, you feel great, everyone is happy, you submit to the insurance company everything you did, life is good. Until you get your denial letter. No payment, yet everything you did was right, or at least you thought was right. So how do you run a business without proper cash flow? Well, check out a free webinar from WebPT, Down With Denials, five claim fixes to make sure your PT clinic gets paid, which is you know kind of important. Learn how to combat denials and really expedite payments because you should get paid for quality services, right? So again, head over to Updoc Media Podcast on the Therapy Insiders page. You'll see the webinar for free from WebPT to learn how to limit your denials and expedite payments for your quality services that you provide. Check it out, free webinar. You definitely don't want to miss this. Keep your cash flow going, keep your business going, and help the people in your community and help your business Stay healthy and active. And now let's get into Therapy Insiders podcast with guest Dr. Jen Escare. Enjoy. Welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Shiraka brought here with Dr. Erson Religioso. And we're pretty excited to jump right into this with our guest, Dr. Jen Escare, physical therapist, Instagram superstar. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and um, a, a lot to talk about, and we we've been we've been very fascinated with um, following different physical therapists, even other clinicians that have been branching out and doing things differently from traditional, such as really integrating into social media. And what what's unique, like unique about you, unique about Stefania Bell and Kelly Starrett, um, and, and and people like that is that you've been able to really penetrate the general pop the the an audience by integrating clinical health related things but making it relatable and really growing a huge audience what what how did you kind of get started with that and what was the mindset of really putting yourself out on social media 
Um, well, I got started in social media while I was in PT school, actually. I got really into calisthenics, met some people down in Venice Beach who also did calisthenics just out on the bars by the, by the beach. And just naturally through that, they started posting me. And I eventually just started growing a following based on working out outside and using my own body weight and all of that. And then, because I'm upside down, as often as you guys know, <laughs> um, I started getting into the yoga world as well and started hosting challenges with yogis, which also brought me a wide variety of a new audience and gaining more exposure on social media through yoga. Even though I try not to promote myself as a yogi, I'm still called Jen the Yogi to this day, which is totally fine. I practice every once in a while, but I definitely, I don't teach it. I've never promoted that I teach it. Um, I just like to be upside down. Um, so as that started to grow, I eventually graduated PT school and wanted to put myself out there as a healthcare professional. So I changed my name to Doc Jen Fit. It used to be Jen underscore ES underscore care, which was not practical, but it was just what I started at when I was just having friends <laughs> following me, no one in particular. It is. It's a lot of underscores. <laughs> so I eventually changed that to Doc Jen Fit. And then from there, I got motivated from friends to start putting out more content, which I was totally in my own head about and didn't want to do based on therapy and stuff because I felt so new and I felt like I didn't know enough. And there was all these people that I looked up to and I thought, no, I'm not at their level. I'm not ready. And you know, so it was, it was something that I had to get out of my own head to say, well, I do know I have some information. I did pass school. So, so I eventually started to put out some information and my friend said to relate it to yoga at first, since that was the audience that I had built and, uh, to kind of start to attract people just through my knowledge and ever since I did that everything started to take off way bigger and I've grown a lot more through social media than I ever have through exercise or working out it's kind of funny I mean I got to a hundred thousand and I would do you know handstand videos on um, on my handstand canes or acro yoga stuff and try to do all these cool things cool different workouts and I would gain followers, I'd lose followers, I'd gain followers, I'd lose followers, and I always stayed at about 100,000, and I was seeing all my friends continue to grow and go on, and I was like, people are bored of my stuff, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> uh, so then I actually went up to Toronto and hung out with some friends up there, and that's when my friend Vinny said, you know, you should, you know yoga, right? And I said, well, yeah, I guess I know yoga. And he said, well, start trying to relate some of the things you know based on joints or muscles and uh, use different anatomy pictures and start grabbing attention just through some basic knowledge that you know. So I said, okay, I could do that. And as soon as I started doing that, I noticed the first video I posted was, um, I did like a week series on how to get out of just the lumbar spine in a wheel pose or bridge. And I, the numbers that were on those videos were way bigger than any like cool handstand video I did or workout video. So I started noticing like, oh, people actually are paying attention to this. They were tagging friends. And then all of a sudden I just started to see numbers continue to grow every single week based on um, these educational type videos that I was posting. And then one week, I did a video based on hip mobility. And it was really just, I was at work and I was like, oh, and today I'm supposed to post on hip stretches around like the legs and stuff. And I didn't want to just put basic stretches. So I came up with this little thing on the floor that I called a hip flow. And it was just something I came up with in the moment, really just quickly. I posted it, it got, a million views which is crazy to me within that week I grew 40,000 followers off one 
little video that I didn't, it didn't even try to pay attention to, or I just, so it's crazy. Sometimes you just never know how wow. something is going to take off or what people are going to like, in which I've found that people really like anything that says back pain and people really like anything that says hip mobility these days. It seems to be the craze right now. People sure like hip and shoulder mobility, that's for sure. Yeah, the uh, the crazy thing I noticed yeah. was that I think when we first recorded this, you were at 140,000, and then we tried to reschedule it three weeks later, and I just go casually check it, and you're already at 200,000, and now you're at like a 250,000, and that's only been, I think, like five weeks or so since we originally tried to record it, so I think you've already gained 110,000 more followers since we last spoke, so I think you're doing something right, for sure. I don't think you're stuck in that rut anymore. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's very cool. No, I don't think so. It's that is crazy. crazy. And, and what what I find really cool about that story, Jen, is I, I just did an episode with Karen Litzy about um, women and leadership roles, and we we talked a lot about content production. And we, you know, a point that was brought up is that women more than men have a, a fear or a concern of judgment, and a lot of that, you know, kind of impedes. Um, content production because you always feel like you have to be perfect like that this this perfection um, idea which which obviously is unrealistic and doesn't exist but we all know it's like you just have to put stuff out there and be willing to to get feedback and be willing to deal with trolls and everything all the positives that come with social media there's just as many negatives if not more and you just have to say look I'm doing this because of x y and z and I really don't care what other people say. It's still going to affect me. Like we're still human beings. It still affects us. But it's still, I, you know, the purpose that you're doing this for, which is awareness and growth and um, professional um, interest, is is beyond the potential. You know, is is this good enough type stuff? And obviously, you did it, and it was beyond good enough. It was. It resonated with so many people huge thing and that's originally why I hadn't even started putting educational stuff because you get into all these fear based mindset of I'm not good enough what are people going to think people are going to judge me the people I really look up to and respect aren't going to like what I'm saying you know it's it's continual in in the things that get brought up in your mind and even I've had some girlfriends reach out and say, oh, but you're putting so much content out there. People aren't going to need you anymore. They're not going to want you. You're going to put all your stuff out there. And I say, no, it's actually quite the opposite, which is also why I've been able to be fortunate enough to step away from my job right now and do my own thing is because I've actually had more people seek out my help and more people want to come and work with me because of the immense amounts of information that I put out on a daily. Yeah, good content and quality content. Quantity is definitely needed for social media to keep followers, but also it's, I mean, quality is needed too, but luckily you have both. Um, I would, I would, I don't usually tell people not to put themselves out there regularly because that is a key for social media for sure. Definitely. You have to. And that's one of the things, too. I get people who who want to build a social media platform. And I say, that's great. How consistent are you going to be? Because it really it's it's another huge part of your life. I mean, just shooting the video, editing the video, writing out the caption. It takes me anywhere from an hour to two hours sometimes just to get that all up and ready. So it is like a large portion of my phone that I have of my time that I have to be on my phone and then I have to convince someone to shoot a video for me. <laughs> so it's very time consuming and people are like, Oh, why aren't you on YouTube? And I say, well, cause I treat people all day long. I'm not, I don't have time for YouTube. YouTube is a whole nother beast in itself. That is just everything on social media. It's time consuming. And I think people don't understand that sometimes and they don't understand the amount of consistency that it takes to really build a platform. They, Gene and I are like, oh gosh, people sure I think don't you just understand absolutely it. nailed that. Uh, it's the, 100%. 100%. I mean, that's, I get asked this all the time as well about, 
like what what do you do like how do you grow an audience how how do you how do you do this and how do you do that and then my my one answer is like the one secret there is that is an absolutely non-secret is consistency there's absolutely nothing stronger or better at growing anything aside from consistency like you can put out crap consistently and people will still watch your crap oh, because yeah. your crap will be good to somebody and um it's the same same thing it's like growth mindset versus scarcity mindset people are like well why why are you giving other people advice about how to start podcasts or why, why you know aren't, aren't they your competitors like first of all most of the people that started will drop off anyway because like yep. you said most don't yeah. understand the time commitment and involvement to do it. But two, it's if somebody finds some some other somebody else's podcast and goes, oh, wow, maybe I should look into physical therapy podcasts. Then they'll start looking for physical therapy podcasts and they'll find me and other people and the community grows. It's not like it's not an and I mean, it's not an or it's an and like if, if you succeed, exactly. chances are somebody else will succeed and vice versa. I just I, this this whole competition or lack of mindset, I just. It really bugs me sometimes. Before I joined Therapy Insiders, you guys weren't actually podcasting regularly, right? <laughs> regularly-ish, right. person. Were, regularly-ish. You were semi-consistent. We were consistently inconsistent. Right. Yeah. We're consistent regardless. So huge. And especially, especially being around, I mean, my boyfriend has been a huge influence obviously on uh, everything in in terms of stepping out on my own and doing my own thing um, just because of his influence and his world and his online stuff um, obviously I was building social media before him and uh, I've been I've learned how to be consistent with that but he's definitely helped in terms of stepping out of the mindset of fear and uh, getting out of the mindset of scarcity because that's huge and I think those are the people that I look up to that are really growing as well are the people who who look at the world in abundance and they see oh but you know I can keep putting my information out because it's only it's either going to rise other people up to continue to build their information and make it better which just increases everything as a whole and helps everybody <laughs> and it also like there's so many people in the world. So there's no one that is going to miss out on an opportunity if you continue to grow. You know, you're, you're not going to you're not going to not have people. Everyone needs someone. And that's why there's so many fitness influencers. But the ones who continue to grow are the ones who know that it's OK. There's more people to help. There's you're always going to have people, even though a lot of things are saturated these days, especially in terms of social media or online programs, everything like that. But as long as you continue to stay consistent with it and build and network with other people, you continue to grow and people take notice of that, I think. Right. It's also the 10 or 10,000, right? And, and um, just because of all my endeavors and um, all the things I've been doing being entrepreneurial, I often worried when I um, started seeing less patients and I don't know if you felt this way, Gene, but it is a 10 or 10,000 thing. And I don't see nearly as many patients as I used to. I, you know, see like a handful every week. But in terms of like my online mentoring, my videos, and um, I just have people reaching out to me all the time saying how after taking my courses or watching even one video that it's helped like a patient they were stuck with. So, you know, I, I still think that I'm helping a lot of people, maybe just not directly. And that, that's another thing, like there, there have been, I mean, Mike Ryan old and I talk about this a lot too, is there's it, in order to be a stalwart of the industry, again, it's, it's gotta be consistency. And I think people just don't realize how hard it is or how much work it is. Uh, and you can't, you just can't let it go. Right. Like remember what happens with Neil Patel gene? I mean, he, there's a guy who just basically, what do you say? He stopped blogging for, um, and I thought he stopped blocking for something like two months and he ended up losing like half a million, <laughs> half a million hits a month, in a month or something. And he was still after a year, he hadn't gotten all of his audience back. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one of our wow. previous podcasts for sure. I mean, Neil's one of the biggest marketing online uh, blog guys and uh, it, was, it was definitely a great podcast uh, to talk to him uh, about. But yeah, to, to your point, Erson, it's, like to me, the way I look at it is, 
we have let's say conservatively 70 years on this on this earth and for for us that are clinicians uh, we're, we're giving away 20 to 25 years for schooling and education if not more um, so so we have a span of maybe 40 to 50 years of really finding happiness and whether that's in a career or otherwise um, obviously if we went to, to school for this long and sacrificed this much th- there's no reason not to do things and line things up to, in order to be happy and live a happy and more more importantly a fulfilled life whether and that's taking challenges and that's understanding that sacrifices are going to be made in order to continue to strive towards that kind of life and you really need tenacity and if you've, you you read Angela Duckworth I mean you need grit you need consistency you need persistence um, and you need passion and you need all three of those and to consist consistently do something that's worthwhile living because to me like the worst thing that imaginable that can happen is if you know I'm on my deathbed and I look back and I ask what if and like t- you can't come back from that so it's you know to me that that kind of pushes through um the days where it's tough especially as an entrepreneur you know when when you really don't have a safety net when you have to grind it through um that kind of pushes me through plus having a family really puts puts an edge to you what about you jen like what what, what keeps you going what pushes you through um i think having the mindset right now of just wanting to help as many people as i can and whether that is just from seeing a simple stretch online to understanding their body more to being able to grow more professionally for myself and being able to help more patients um, that i see so that they can get educated for themselves and their own body and right now my goal is just to help bring awareness to people of their own bodies and keep them moving Um, and i think one of like to add to what you were saying that's all great i think one of the main things I ask people when they say they want to build a platform or they want to grow their social media and I say, why, you know, do you have a clear vision of what you want to create? Because if you don't know exactly why you're doing it, first of all, your consistency isn't going to maintain and I think you're going to lose it. And I think that's also why I became stagnant when I did at a hundred thousand followers or whatever I had, because at the time I was fresh in a PT and I was just focusing clearly on just learning as much as I can and helping my patients. And it, and I would even tell people who asked about my social media, I'd say, Oh, I don't really care. It's not growing, but I don't care because I'm focusing on actually working with people and actually helping people. So I didn't have a clear vision for what I even wanted to do with my Instagram at the time or my social media or why I wanted to have it. And now for me, it is a bigger purpose. I do want to continue to help people. I want to eventually have programs online. I want to eventually become more entrepreneurial in that mindset and be able to spread uh, the greater message, whether that's for people coming to me personally or whatever they can get online to get help. And so for me, I do have a bigger purpose right now. And I think that's why I continue to grow and why I continue to work so hard at it as well. I saw that um, since our since our last attempt at the podcast, you actually launched your own blog, and it's a it's a Shopify it's a uh, powered by Shopify. So um, you have an app or a program, right, on there? We had um, a handstand program through a company called MyQuest. So I already had that going, um, but I did launch Shopify so that I could have the e-commerce site because I do have people asking me all the time for help with different things that I can't answer through a DM or an email. So if I could have, you know, just simple basic programs based on mobility or stability that could help people in a little bit at least without having a basis of what their background is yet, you know, um, I would love to have that launched pretty soon. What's um, so you've you've been progressing through the the field? Obviously, to reiterate, you are a physical therapist. You're a clinician. You're you're a doctor of physical therapy. What's what's been kind of the latest? Obviously, you know we've talked about entrepreneurship and kind of getting off on your own. One, how how have you leveraged your social media growth? And I know we touched on it a little bit. But I know it's it's something that's always interesting to people is, is this just fun? Is this just a hobby? How, how does this actually help me? Because 
we do, Opdoc Media does digital marketing for healthcare, physical therapy companies, and we, you know, we create websites for them. So this is a question that always gets brought up a lot. Like, what what do followers get me? And I, and I feel like people forget that followers are people. It's not just empty numbers. So how, what are you, what are you doing to leverage this? And um, what's been the, your progression as a clinician? Luckily, my it's helped me to step out on my own. Um, I was at a clinic, which was fine. It's great. Um, but it definitely, I think it limits you in terms of mindset. So if someone's stepping into a physical therapy clinic, usually, I'm not going to say always, but a typical clinic, you know, you have the ultrasound and the e-stem and the aids doing a lot more of the work because PTs just don't have the time to work with a lot of patients because they have to turn over so many. Um, so, and also you get the people who, again, not a bad thing, but are coming because, well, insurance will pay. So I'm just going to come in, get my massage and, and hot pack and not have to do much and not care about it as much in terms of their body or what they're getting out of it. So, um, for me growing a social media meant that I was able to have so many people reaching out personally that who wanted to work with me and who wanted to actually get back to something within their body, whether it was just movement or they felt off or there was a pain or, you know, they wanted to be able to lift more or whatever it may be. They were reaching out to me specifically for an issue. And some people would even come into the clinic. They would Google my name, find out where I worked and come into my clinic and pay cash. And I was like, wait, what am I doing here still? <laughs> Plus I was getting other opportunities mm -hmm. through social media, like, um, magazine shoots or, just wor working and connecting with other people, being able to travel. And so it came to me to a point where I grew my social media because it came to a point where I didn't have to work in the typical clinic anymore and I felt like I could do more. So now I'm fully booked every week and I work for myself. I get a treat for as long as I want. I get a treat how I want. Is that kind of loud? There was a cop. <laughs> yeah, um, they're coming for you, Jen. You're coming too successful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's been an amazing thing. And I actually quit because I thought, oh, I'm going to treat way less and I, it'll give me time to work on these programs that I want to create and do other things. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. But <laughs> I'm eventually wanting to step out that way as well. Awesome. That is, uh, you've, you've actually come even a lot farther than when we last spoke. So congrats on the, uh, on the practice. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I'm very fortunate. I, in physical therapy school, I uh, met this awesome Cairo who was actually working on my boyfriend at the time. And she, you know, was just at his house and had her own table, had her own tools, and was working on him personally. And I was like, what the heck? She's doing like all physical therapy things. I don't understand. I don't think I saw her manipulate him or adjust him. And that's my job. And she's only working for herself and she has no overhead. And she went to his house and, you know, so it was like it opened my mindset to the possibility of being able to step out and just really be able to help people however you want to help them without having to run a whole clinic. And I remember sitting in, uh, in a class, we were going over business stuff in PT school at the last year. And I think I mentioned to this to you guys last time. And I said, and they were talking about how hard it is to open a clinic and it'll take you five years to pay it off and really discouraging. And I, you know, I said, well, I know this Cairo who's just doing her own thing, working for herself. And now that we have direct access, isn't that an opportunity for us to be able to do that and they said no that could never happen <laughs> which is wow. crazy to me crazy i know it's you know the alternative business models are just never discussed because what we have one semester of business and kairos basically have business courses all throughout their education because they're the majority of them are going to be working for themselves and you know in an outpatient type facility and you know they don't right. have like there's not as many of them in acute care or working for large groups. Um, so, I mean, we don't have that because the traditional PT um, isn't really an entrepreneur, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. 
That's sad. That's, that that feeds into the scarcity mindset that we talked about, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, it starts at the starting process of of PT school, a lot of times, and that's just that's just it's debilitating, and it slows down the growth of this profession because there there's a lot of ways to grow a business. Going out on your own with low overhead is one way. Um, we're opening up a facility here in Maryland called Recharge that integrates CrossFit, physical therapy, and mindfulness training. We're investor-backed, so that's another way. You know, there's ways to do it as long as you take yourself out of a traditional mindset of feeling like this is the only way to do it. There, there's nothing stopping you legally as long as you're doing it legally within regulations, doing it properly. Let's, you know, I'm not saying go after like mob money or something. Just there's a lot of ways to be creative about starting something. And um, it's unfortunate that people that have so much influence over young minds in the career keep them down versus saying, you know, we don't really know. But, you know, there's this thing called the Internet and this this these platforms called social media. I don't know if you ever heard of it. There's this the, the Facebooks, the, the, the IGs, as the kids call it. Um, go out there, explore research for god's sakes uh see what you find right let us know right you know just just go explore for for god's sake but unfortunately that's not the case yeah yeah and i think it's been great i mean even in in some of the the courses i've been taking which aren't you know really necessarily ceu certified yet but i see cairo students in these classes and i'm like oh wow if I would have known, you know, to take these classes when I was in PT school. And so there is a lot of opportunity, I think, especially with social media just growing and podcasts growing. And it, I think it helps a lot of people who are in PT school get a different aspect and give it, get a different mindset than what they might learn in school um, and get the opportunity to take other courses and see other things and and expand their mindset of what is possible, which I think is great. Yeah, and, and consistency leads to awareness. You know, you have to put out the content. You have to put yourself out there. And um, if, you're, if you're seeing patients, if you're a clinician and you're seeing patients and you're talking to patients one-on-one, that same mentality translates to social media. It's just that one-on-one becomes one to a thousand or ten thousand, but the message doesn't change. The essence of the communication doesn't change. It's just the delivery of it changes. And if you if you can move past that block in your mind that you're not worth it or you have nothing to talk about or no one will listen, why why are people coming to see you as a clinician? You know, it's it's the same exact thing. Because if you feel like you have nothing to offer on social media, you have nothing to offer one-on-one in person in the clinic. And we know that's not right, the case. Right, totally. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what has been interesting, stepping out on my own, um, I'm treating out of two places right now because I, I don't make too many house calls. I try to keep it at location, especially since I'm a woman. Um, so I treat out of a gym that has a lot of personal trainers. And I think what's one of the most interesting things is that um, this is the first time I'm really seeing people try to work outside of their scope of practice (laughs) that Mm. I didn't really see when I was in the clinic. So now I'm seeing, you know, trainers doing soft tissue massages and they're like, well, if I can get their traps to release before I do something, well, then it's great. And I thought, what? (laughs) You don't even know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, there's all kinds of courses out there that uh, a lot of us online are not fans of that basically just teach those kinds of courses and like anyone can come in. You know, I, I went, I know a couple of colleagues who went to certain courses and they were like, uh, I was the only PT there and everyone else was a personal trainer, or like a yogi or a Pilates instructor, but they're basically teaching healthcare. And yeah, that, that's absolutely a problem. And, you know, I always have people ask me like, hey, can I take your online ISTM uh technique with Mike Reynolds and I'm like uh well you're a personal trainer and anyone can do anything technically like I could just give injections right but 
it's all about what either having a license and having a license to protect you if something goes wrong. Like you can do anyone can do anything, but you have nothing protecting you if something goes wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I, I see that all the time in the gyms. The personal trainers just doing. I've seen personal trainers doing manipulations. I had one ask me for oh an ultrasound gosh. machine. Like, where can I get an ultrasound machine? I'm like, oh my I'm not going to tell you that. Like, he's like, can I get one in Canada? I'm like, I don't know, actually. I don't have one. But, just, like, uh, I'm not going to tell you where to get one. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. It's just, it's just I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. That's, that's Pro- probably not crazy to me. Yeah, I know. Um, do you know Do you know John Russin? By any chance, do you follow any of his stuff, Jen? Um, no, I don't think that's ringing a bell right now. Should yeah, I? Yeah, you, you should check him out. I think you'll really like his content. Okay. He's a, he's a, a PT cool. as well, physio as well, and he does a lot of strength training stuff, um, incorporating it. Awesome. Uh, so John Russin, but he uh, he had a similar. He had a a pretty good Facebook post about something like this because he he's you know quote unquote hybrid. He's a strength coach. He's a he's a physio as well, and um, he sees this all the time. And um, it was a very it was a very good conversation that he started on Facebook because it it, it happens so often. And uh, these these uh, these bubbles get moved around a lot of of people thinking what they can and can't do. And you know this this comes back to social media as well. We put we put stuff out there and. Um, we get so good at explaining it and showing it and visualizing that people are like, oh, you know, this this seems easy. But obviously the, the knowledge base behind it and the understanding and the ability to uh, to see when it's proper or not proper doesn't translate as well. Um, and the nuance of it and, and the, the clinical understanding of it doesn't doesn't carry over well. So but these people I shouldn't say these people, but because um, there are there are. They're, they're in the same battle as us of helping people move and be active and healthy and, and fit. So it's not, it's not a versus discussion, but there's definitely, there needs to be a, a, a lawful and legal way of, uh, of doing it so people don't get hurt. Right. I think I almost get a little <laughs> annoyed right now only because I'm only a few years out of PT school and I know what I had to go through in terms of getting into school and passing school and now all the loans that I have left and I'm like hey you don't have any of that <laughs> go go through the schooling I had to go through first <laughs> yeah but that's that's an emotional response I mean I still have uh, definitely I still cry emotional. a little bit when my email comes in with the loans uh when I see the, the loan come in uh, a part of my soul weeps um but um, I, yeah, I, know I know those those guys and gals have their own issues to deal with, and and the last thing we want for them is to get a lawsuit on top of the other stuff that that life uh, lays on top of them. But uh, it's a delicate conversation to have of of wanting yeah. to say, hey, hey, jackass, you didn't learn that. We went to school for three years. We're doctors. Versus, you know, do you really understand everything that's going on there? It might not be the best thing for the person that you're doing long term. Maybe short term, right. they might feel better, but. Long term, it, right. it's a different conversation. Um, so, it, speak, speaking of gyms, I really want to touch on this because um, we, we haven't really talked about some of some of the stuff that you're you're been putting out. The content um, we, we kind of alluded to it before. Some of your handstand and program things. You know, where where did all the handstand stuff come from? Do you have a gymnastics background, and why do you think people are so fascinated by by the handstand um, stuff, especially on Instagram? And especially Gene. You know what, Erson? It's, it's a it's a very it's a very legitimate question. It is fascinating. I wish we you know we're just jealous. We want to do handstands. Yes, a lot of people want to do handstands. It's a cool thing. Um, I was a gymnast. I did gymnastics for nine years, about thirteen, almost fourteen years ago. Um, and so ever since gymnastics, I've just continued to maintain at least my ability to go upside down. I can't say I do much else anymore. Um, and so I think that's a lot of where my social media grew to was being able to explore things upside down. I got really good at 
holding different poses and kind of discovering that, which I did not know how to do really in gymnastics. So I learned how to do canes. I learned how to do handstands on people's hands, which was very, very different. Um, and, and I think just by having that experience and really being able to help, I mean, I taught gymnastics for three years as well, so I have background. So someone approached me about creating a program and I thought, why not? It would be a good thing to have people, especially everyone asks me about it and wants help. And I say, well, I don't personally teach it, but you can check out my program. <laughs> so it's a good way to be able to push people towards something that they can, they can have in order to learn. What about selling things? People are buying it. Obviously, they want it. So who, who are you to say no and deny people the ability to go upside down and do handstands, <laughs> right? Like you, you're doing a public service. I am. A lot of people do want to know. And so, and I, hey, I wouldn't say it's a bad program. I also teach, you know, in terms of the flexibility to be able to get there and, this, and the core strength and, and shoulder strength and stability to be able to maintain, I think is something that I definitely integrate into the program. So it's not a bad thing for people to learn. Process of, of doing a handstand. Like the last time I, I feel like I've done a handstand was when I was trying to reach off the couch to get the remote when it fell off, but I was too lazy to get off all the way. So I was, I was reaching too far and I lost my balance. So I had to kind of do a, 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 a pseudo handstand and fall sideways just so I wouldn't face plant. So that was like my last foray into handstands. Uh, what, what, what's a more traditional progression of learning a handstand? And like, what does it feel like? <laughs> um, I mean, it's very, it, it takes a lot of body awareness for your body to get used to being in a different motion. I mean, it's completely upside down. So your brain is, is a little confused when you're first learning a handstand, which is what I tell people. It's it's learning how to get comfortable on your hands um, and just having that kind of awareness upside down is one of the huge parts about learning a handstand. It has really not a lot as much to do with strength and flexibility as it does with getting comfortable being upside down. Um, and I think the fascination just comes from not as many people can do it and it does come to a point where you could explore and do some cool things. And just like I've been able to take it to acro yoga and do it on people's hands now, which is awesome. It's acro yoga. Cause I'm also seeing a lot more of this pop up. Um, acro yoga traditionally is just yoga on, um, with a partner and they've actually created some cool things there's therapeutic acro yoga which i don't know if you guys would like but it actually feels really good <laughs> um where the base is kind of taking the f <laughs> the flyer through um some different kind of stretches and maybe they'll do they'll rub on their shoulders a little bit or they'll they're kind of twist through the spine as they move their feet so and provide some traction so i mean it Yes, there are. They are mostly yogis who are teaching this, and they are not, you know, licensed therapists. But it does feel good. <laughs> um, and then there's other. There's just acro yoga traditionally is with the base on his, on his back, and the flyer on the feet, and doing kind of different yoga poses and different yoga transitions. And I kind of skipped that whole level, and I went straight to standing because I was just fascinated about being able to do a handstand on someone's hands. <laughs> so I went straight to the standing phase, which um, in for me was harder because I like to control handstands by myself, not give up control and have someone else control me in the handstand so that was an interesting experience to learn and I have been dropped on my head a couple times so I would say it was dangerous if people want to try <laughs> Yikes. um but AKA, yeah, please don't exactly. try this at home unless you are somehow have, have some professionals around you <laughs> <laughs> yes 
Right, so you just shouldn't work. You should work your way or up to just, it. Or a helmet. Just go take it's a like class. You have Try a, not to like some sort of program to work your way up to it. And right? do it yourself. I was definitely learning from professionals. I don't think this, a helmet would one help. of the main people I learned from, he did acro sport, which is an actual sport, um, and he competed in the Olympics with this. So he was he's into his forties and still can hold people on his head. So he's pretty amazing. Okay, fantastic. So, for those of you interested in acro yoga and handstands, go ahead to Jen's Instagram account and live vicariously. <laughs> hey, a lot of people should do acro yoga. It's fun. Great for all two of you who are. It's a great learning experience with a with a significant other as well. I learned it with my boyfriend. That's my groomsmen thing for that. There you when go. are done with gymnastics. Uh, I've- I've seen some, like you said, like some of the more like therapeutic moves. I could definitely see um, some positions where you, you could definitely kind of have a dissociation between the, the pelvis and the lumbar spine, kind of creating a traction effect. Yeah. Um, and, and like T-spine extension positions and rotational stuff. I definitely could see how it would, it would give the sensation of, of relief. And right. just uh, talk about novel inputs, Erson. I mean, it, it's it's novel inputs on steroids sometimes. Yeah. Right. And plus, if you drop them on their head, that's like a grade five (laughs) C-spine manip. It is. It's like you can only feel you can only feel one pain at once too. I mean, one of the best ways to help a headache or back pain is just to step on someone's foot. So, have you have you ever seen? Have you guys ever seen? um, I think it was a a movie in the '90s with Damon Wayans, um, uh, Major Pain. Do you remember that, Jen? Yeah. Hey, I was a little older. Right when you were born, that movie came out. Uh, Hey, I'm still technically an 80s baby, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, So in in the beginning of the movie, it's it's a terrible, it's a god-awful movie, but it's a good movie. It's like a good, bad movie, Um, and it's pretty hilarious. Um, He's like a soldier. And one of one of his soldiers is wounded in battle and like writhing in pain. And he like kneels down like he has absolutely no empathy. Like he's like this, this absolutely cold hearted soldier guy. And like the guy's leg is, is blown off or something. And this is a comedy. And he's like, uh, help me, help me. He's like, oh, I'll help you. And he like kneels down before him and like just breaks his pinky in half, just like snaps it and dislocates it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so just reminded me of that. Please, please don't break anybody. Pinkies, yeah, no. if you're no. listening. Please don't. Don't break pinkies. Right. That isn't really don't, the best way to drop people someone. on their heads for a grade five minips. Yeah, just yeah, go yeah. watch Major Pain and uh, and just watch Jen's Instagram account and enjoy vicarious living and all the crazy cool stuff she's doing. That, mm-hmm. that covers us, right? Yep. Basically, every other day I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> When I watch one of her videos, not one of the educational ones, but one of the more crazier ones. Yeah. Awesome. Follow her. DocGenFit. We're in DocGenFit.com. Let's finish out by breaking down some of the content you've put out and kind of letting people know some of the stuff that's been successful and that's worked for you. So obviously you've done... You've done different handstand videos. You've done various acrobatic stuff. But as a PT, you've also done educational kind of instructional things about the body um, and, and you do like a split screen with kind of an anatomy anatomy overlay and you explain to people like you, you you don't dumb it down from what I've seen you do a good job of explaining in as much detail as they need to know um, so w- what are some of the stuff that you put out Jen and what what has worked for the general population that other clinicians or other business owners that are PTs might be able to integrate to not only just grow an audience, but make it relevant for their community? Um, Well, I would say for social media, if you have a niche, a niche, I can't even say the word, (laughs) a niche for physical therapy that you like to explore, whether it's public health or um, anything else, I would say diving deep into that would be great because that kind of sets yourself apart immediately from anyone else, which is why I tried to kind of stay more toward yoga, flexibility, upside down, stuff like that, that would um, kind of set me apart from maybe what PTs in terms of weightlifting might be putting out. Um, 
But, and then I also got into splitting up with the anatomy post because it just helps to draw attention. It's still social media, so you have to put out content that is going to draw attention to people. So using the anatomy picture really helps to visualize for people where they're, where I'm talking about or um, what I'm trying to get at. And then, honestly, for social media as well, having something that's like, oh, before it was like this, now it's like this. People like to see the before-afters. People like to... Um, be able to see something that they can attain to, whether it's flexibility, mobility, strength, um, anything like that. For sure, uh, very cool. Uh, we'll we'll definitely keep keep updated and uh, keep following you and seeing the stuff that you put out. Please keep us updated on on your growth as well. Um, it's been really cool to see to see your progression. It's really cool to hear about the uh, the entrepreneurial stuff coming out and really leveraging the social media stuff and. You know, thank, thanks for taking the time again and chatting with us. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yes, thanks for your flexibility with your time. Oh. <laughs> Good one. <Blessed. laughs> thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having Blessed me Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not get bent out of shape. It's one of my oh. favorite little, little things. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Jen. So once again, where can, uh, where can people find you and check out the stuff you're doing and putting up? Well, most of my stuff does go on Instagram right now, so DocGenFit. Um, I do have a public page for Facebook of DocGenFit as well, and then my website, DocGenFit.com. There we go. So all pretty easy. I like it. See, that's good branding, consistency and branding even, Jen. Right. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You're just going to have to legally change your name. There you go. <laughs> I know, basically. Jen First name Jen. Never heard of her. First name Doc, middle name Jen, last name Fit. Doc Jen Fit. Thank you. Boom. All right. Thank, thanks a lot, Jen. We'll, we'll, um, we'll put all of Jen's information on our uh, podcast page at updocmedia.com uh, under the Therapy Insiders podcast. Check her out. Again, Doc Jen Fit on uh, various social media platforms. And um, again, if you're interested in handstands, check out Jen's program. Watch some of the Instagram videos. Maybe Google or YouTube uh, handstand fails before you kind of go crazy just so you know what to expect in case you fall on your face. Or film your own handstand uh, fail. Oh, no. <laughs> we do not encourage that. Whatever Urson just said, we do not encourage that. By no means. Just enjoy other people's stuff. Um, Jen, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. This episode of Therapy Insiders podcast from UpDoc Media. Hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, Jen's a, a huge resource. Check her out at DocGenFit on Instagram. A lot of cool stuff, a lot of good ideas of really how to connect to an audience and, and how to maximize a platform such as Instagram, especially for physical therapists. Uh, one of the things we hear all the time is, is, is how do we do it? What do we do? What kind of content do we put out? We're not interesting enough. But you know, you are interesting enough because you talk to this about the stuff to patients all the time and they obviously find it valuable. So Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform you use, they just become an outlet to scale that message. So make sure you use it. Uh, obviously reach out if you have any questions at Therapy Insiders, at the OMPT, at Joe DPT, at DocGenFit on Instagram. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at info at updocmedia.com or specifically for me, gene at updocmedia.com. Also, don't forget to check out the free webinar from WebPT about not getting denied for your payments. You know, get, get paid for your, for your work and for helping people. So check that out. That's on our podcast page at updocmedia.com forward slash podcast. And if you have any questions, please, please reach out. Comments are always awesome. Twitter is great because most of us hate email passionately. So at Therapy Insiders, shoot me a tweet. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you again next time on Therapy Insiders Podcast.